Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Stommy Tactical. And I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are a lifestyle show meant to empower women to live confident, prepared, and self-reliant lives. We talk everything from our favorite beauty products to concealed carry firearms and everything in between. We bring guests on our show with compelling stories that will inspire and encourage you in your journey. Now, you can not only listen to the audio, part of the Concealed Carry Network on your favorite podcast streaming service, but you can also watch our show by going to OpsLens.com or downloading the OpsLens app. This episode is brought to you by StommyTactical.com, a lifestyle website sharing concealed carry tips, outfits and preparedness advice, and Alexo Athletica, the first active carry wear line on the market, keeping women safe and stylish. Up everyone, how are you? We are back to our, I would say, I don't want to say regularly scheduled pro- <laughs> old school style of programming. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I want to take a video of what we're doing right now when when we have to go back to our audio. You know, we've we've been traveling a ton. We have done some on-location live filming. We've got our production team working on getting those edited. And while we get those ready to get out to you, uh, we've got a couple of weeks of, you just get to listen to us, <laughs> listen to our lovely voices. I hope that's okay. I hope that's okay, everybody. I have a voice this week. Woo-hoo! <laughs> that, that's a miracle, I'll have to say, because it really doesn't happen after we've come back from doing something. Uh, no, it doesn't. And I don't know if I just got more sleep this time or I planned it out better to where I just wasn't going to be talking as much. You know, we've been go. So basically, we just got back from a week at the Turning Point USA Teen Student Action Summit. TSAS for short. It's a mouthful. Um, for my first time to DC since I was 12 years old. And it was just such an incredible experience. I think for me being there, A, I got to be with you and, and some of our other best friends for an entire week, which was awesome. Yeah, that's always fun. But being in the nation's capital, getting to, it's just, there's so much history there and there's so many amazing things to do. It was, it was just very, I got emotional at one point when we went and ran down, um, what was that, the National Mall. And we were down by the, the monument and I just kept thinking, I was like, we live in the most amazing country ever. And I just kept thinking about like how awesome it is to be in a country where we get to practice our freedoms and we get to be free to believe what we want to believe, do what we want to do for the most part. Um, and it just, it just hit me and it was just really cool. So I loved being there. Yeah. And you were a fantastic host, by the way. Oh, well, you're welcome. Well, I think to like, I think I take it for granted living in DC that I'm so close to all these historic monuments and the significance of, of what has occurred or, or even the, for instance, like at the National Archives, the documents that are housed in, in those buildings. And so it's fun when people come into town and I get to take a moment to say, Hey, let's go check all this stuff out. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like, I literally live right here. This is so awesome. And I do, I take it for granted, but then the, the days that I do get out there, I'm just like, wow, like, this is so awesome. Like, this is where I get to like, I need to go for a walk. I get to see the monument, the white house, the Capitol. Like those are, those are the things. And it's just, it's a good reminder. Sure. Well, had we not been so exhausted from the conference for that entire week, I really wanted to go see the archives. I mean, I really wanted to see the original documents 
especially, you know, our, our second amendment, which mm-hmm. you interesting, interestingly enough told me that it's not actually labeled the second amendment. So we went <laughs> a few weeks back, we had some friends in town and we went to go to the archives. And of course, like, I want to see the entire document, but, you know, being a believer in the second amendment, I'm like, I want to see the second amendment. I want to see those words written out. I want to see it on that piece of paper and so I was looking for it and looking for it, and I couldn't find it. And finally, and of course, it doesn't help that, you know, these documents are <laughs> faded and just kept behind protective glass. So it's just, they're not that legible anymore. But from what I could see, and I, someone might be able to tell me that I read it wrong, but I confirmed with my husband that the actually in, I think, the original Bill of Rights, it was like the Second Amendment is actually written as like the fourth article or something like that. And I was like, well, why is that? And I want to do some more research to figure out like that piece of history because it really wasn't um, labeled or, or described as to, you know, like the reiterations of how many drafts and how many, you know, times they decided to make the changes. They just had, you know, the different kind of versions there. But it was, in any case, it was just really cool once I finally found those words i was like oh my gosh this is this is it yeah this the like it it was i got chills reading that it was it's it's an awesome feeling and just uh it gives you that extra sense of appreciation for for our country and and our constitution well and and i think the thing that hit me especially working with turning point i think sometimes we take for granted um you know when we go and speak to certain groups we've done you and i have both done a lot of speaking within second amendment centered groups mm-hmm. we haven't done a whole lot outside of like the gun industry and, and really haven't dabbled in a whole lot of the political scene necessarily and right. For me, I haven't really jumped into the politics scene for a number of reasons, but mostly because, you know, to me, the Second Amendment is the most important issue. Um, I know we talk about this all the time, but, you know, for for those of us, we can vote differently. We can be in different sides of the political aisle. Um, it doesn't matter what your religious background or if you even have a religion at all. The Second Amendment is for all of us. And the reason why I think you and I are so like bent on wanting to talk about that is because if we can make sure that we protect that and and get more like-minded people together that understand the importance of the second amendment, then we know that it protects our freedom of speech. It protects your freedom of religion. If you don't have a way to actually defend and protect any of your freedoms, you don't really have freedom. And so I've been getting a lot of questions lately because we have been working a lot with Turning Point. Mm -hmm. People have been asking, you know, um, what are you doing? Why are you aligning with this community? Because again, in the Second Amendment community, not everybody votes Republican. Right. <laughs> not every, you know, there's libertarians, there's Democrats, there's Republicans, there's people that don't vote at all, probably. Um, and so because I think they've seen us talk about the Second Amendment for so long and be very heavily involved in the gun industry, when we do start aligning and working with political groups, people start to ask us, well, what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of people in the Second Amendment community that aren't happy with uh, with our president on some of the executive orders that he has implemented over the last year. 
And I have to be honest, when it comes to executive orders on things related to the Second Amendment, I'm not happy about that. Right. Agreed. You know, I'm, I'm not excited that uh, he set a precedent with the bump stock ban by making an executive order to get rid of bump stocks. But when I look at the totality of everything in this next election, I have to look at, okay, who is the most pro-Second Amendment candidate that right. we have? And, you know, so when I look at that, when I looked at, when I watched the Democratic debates, I heard nothing but the continual assault on the Second Amendment, even to the point where Kamala Harris said that she would executive order, it's never going to happen, but she said she would like to executive order the ban on handguns. Right. And so, so to me, you know, when we start looking at the election and looking at anything politically involved, that's the issue. I know there's a ton of other issues out there that people vote for, but for me, it is the Second Amendment. Right. And and I think that's how it is for, I think, for a lot of people in, in the 2A community in general. Like, I know that, like, as you said, everyone has their heartfelt issue that that's what's going to drive them to the polls. And that's fine. And for us, it's the Second Amendment because we want we want to be able to defend our defend ourselves, defend the other freedoms that we have. And we can't if we're not looking at that as a whole. Right. And saying, okay, well, who is supporting that and who is not? Because it goes back to, you know, if if they're going to do things under executive order or if they're going to start stripping away that little tiny bit of freedom we have in the Second Amendment, it's just giving them that little bit more that right. they can take more. And so we've always said, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And we just can't allow that. Well, and, and so to me, that's why it is so important when there's a group like Turning Point, who is the largest student, it's a, it is a conservative student organization group. Um, but for us to have the chance when they invite us to go and speak at mm-hmm. this huge teen conference, where else do we have the opportunity to speak to that many young people about the importance of the Second Amendment? Because when you get a group like Turning Point, they started, their organization started on the values of free market system and capitalism. Right. That's really how they started. They, they weren't necessarily conservative social issue organization. Um, it, it's kind of turned into that. And of course, you're going to get a wide range of, of ideologies, especially when you get to this thing. And these kids think that there's a lot of very important issues, especially well, when it comes to, to social issues. To organization. Yeah, exactly. And, but for them, you know, I think we take for granted sometimes we think every kid that comes to one of these events understands why the second amendment is so important. And they, yes, do believe that we have a right to bear arms, but I don't think it's really sunk in yet to them why it's important. And Mm -hmm. so when we get asked by organizations to come and speak to a packed room of 14 to 18 year olds, we're going to do it. We're going to go talk, you know, and I don't, I don't care really where they align politically as long as they're inviting us. We just don't get asked by very, by any democratic organization at this point, <laughs> you know, right to speak about it because they don't, they, because we're, we're speaking on the, on the for pro side and they don't want that. Right. And, you know, so I, I thought that we, I was very honored to get to go speak to them. And, you know, we were able to bring it down to a very practical level for these kids. You know, not only did we sit and talk about the Second Amendment, but we talked about, okay, look, unless you make it personal to yourself, unless you really start to take a hold of your personal safety and understand that life is valuable, then you're never really going to understand why it's important to fight for your Second Amendment. Right. You know, and I don't think 
And I know, well, I don't really know, but from what I recall growing up in school, I, nobody in school was talking about the Second Amendment in terms of it individually. You know, talking about it as a whole, as a constitution, like we were learning about it, sure. But I know that I'm sure like nowadays, especially how sensitive this subject is, that it's definitely not getting um, taught in a way that's going to allow these students or these kids who may believe in it to nourish and kind of take that to the next step for however they want to do that. I'm pretty certain that they're probably talking, you know, for the most part that it's just, you know, nothing that they should, they, it's not that, it's not that they shouldn't acknowledge it, but I don't think they're, they're giving it the way that you and I would talk about it. Yeah. Like we're giving the opportunity for these kids to, to, to learn about it. And I think, you know, when kids hear, oh yeah, the second amendment pro two a, like, of course, like every time there was somebody speaking um, on the main stage and we heard them talk about, you know, even when they just mentioned like, oh, the second amendment, like everybody cheered and they loved it, which is great. But I think having our breakout sessions and discussions where we can kind of draw home about why it's important and right down. I don't think they're getting that anywhere else. Well, for sure. And, and I know, especially, you know, with, with this next election, it's, it's almost like, you know, they, a lot of candidates try to shame people who Mm. start to make the second amendment apply to their personal safety and their defense, especially women. You know, we hear about this all the time and this audience is largely female. And for us, you know, until we really realize, okay, the Second Amendment is what gives us that foundation to defend and protect ourselves, however we see fit. You know, it's if someone tries to take that away from us, it's not until we've understood why it's so important that we would care that someone tries to take it away from us. And so that's really what our focus is when we go to these conventions, when we go and we speak, whether it's on college campuses, whether it's, you know, across the country, that is always going to be our mission and our focus and making just kind of being a sounding board for them. Because yes, while everyone there is very pro second amendment, nobody brings it down on the basic levels and a personal level to these kids. And so that's what you and I are going to continue to do as long as they'll have us. (laughs) Exactly. I think, yeah, because there's, there's no one really talking about it at that level and taking it to, to practical personal, personal defense. And I think that's what they need to hear, especially at a younger age, because I don't know, you know, I think kids tend to live in a little bit of a bubble and I think also some adults, Sure, (laughs) but they don't understand sort of what is really happening in the world sometimes. And to know that like, oh, personal safety is something that needs to be thought about and needs to be considered. And why not start thinking about that when you're a teenager? Because once you step foot into living on your own, like that's all you have is yourself. And the second amendment is going to help you to defend yourself. So it's, I think it's just, I think it's important that we continue to talk about it. And I'm just so glad that we have turning point that allows us to, to do, to do that. Absolutely. And there's not a lot of shows that are giving these young women a platform, you know, for, while we're getting our videos edited, you guys are going to see, um, hear from a lot of 
their turning point ambassadors and some of the women that are involved in that. And all of them are just, just amazing women. I've had such a great time getting to know all of them. And there's just not a big platform for them to get to share their thoughts and their beliefs and from their perspective, you know, so you're, we're going to have a lot of women on that are extremely conservative in a lot of areas. And we love for them to be able to share their stories. We love for them to be able to speak what they believe in, because we value that here on our show. We value that personally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but if we have other people that don't necessarily believe in every single thing that they believe in, that's okay too. You know, we like to hear the stories. We have women on this show all the time that um, have a very different, when it comes to the way that they vote politically, they have very different beliefs in that. And we still have them on the show anyways, because the focus of what we do here is to get the women together who have gotten to a point in their life somehow that got them thinking about their personal safety. Right. Because that's, I think that's the stuff that resonates that that's mm-hmm. going to resonates. It's always like that, you know, when you hear someone's personal story and you can either find some piece of that story to relate to, or just anything to empathize, then you start to say, okay, well, oh, if that happened to you, or if that's how you're thinking, how could that not potentially happen to me? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, shifting gears really fast. We wanted, since we have the opportunity now, since we're just doing audio to do a quick current event and talk about this. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about last night, what happened in San Francisco, actually just right outside of San Francisco and San Jose with the shooting that took place at the garlic festival. Did you hear about that, Em? Yes, I did briefly. So when I woke up, um, on, you know, the news and things like that, and it's unfortunate that, this is happening, but I feel like it's also, um, not, I'm not seeing it like hit the news as hard as I'm used to. I feel like seeing these things is usually like once there's some kind of shooting, it's like all over the place. Yeah. You know, what hasn't been released yet is the type of firearm that was used. (laughs) Um, the, you know, the ethnicity or anything like that of the shooter. And and so like, there's some details that haven't quite come out yet. Uh, of this. So we're, we're keeping a close eye on it, but basically the, somebody came, went to a garlic festival in San Jose, which, you know, I always want to bring attention to the fact that this still happens in states that have extremely restrictive gun laws, ladies and gentlemen, because you look at California who not only has, uh, makes you register every one of your firearms, uh, they just implemented background checks on ammo right <laughs> for everybody that's in California. So California continues to put law after law after law on the books. It's Not incredibly they're a May issue state when it comes to concealed carry in most counties. Um, there are I'm sorry, it is in all counties. It is a mate issue state, but it is a little bit easier in some counties, definitely not in San Francisco, mm-hmm. to get a concealed handgun law. So you have all these laws that are on the books that restrict law-abiding citizens from having options to defend and protect themselves. And then the people are placing all of their hope in a government because the government is like, well, now we're going to put more restrictive laws on there. So that's going to cut down on these shootings and on these incidents. Do anything like this is a prime example of that. I mean, every single time they try to do something, this goes back to just that the, that fundamental thought of if somebody wants to commit a crime and do evil, they're going to find a way to do it, whether they're using a gun, a knife, a car, what bare hands, whatever. They're, th- that's their intent. Right. And for those, of, for those people who have become so dependent on the government to take care of them and they you know, don't take the personal responsibility to 
stay aware or to protect themselves. Now, thank God there was a cop there. They were able to stop the shooting, I believe, in less than a minute. I mean, it, it happened very quickly. Um, so thank God that there was a cop there. There was somebody there that did have a firearm. He cut open a fence to get in there. Oh, he did. I did not read that. Right. Or he like he got in there. I believe it was. I thought I saw something where he cut open like a fence, but I could be wrong. I thought that's what I had had uh, read. But I mean, it's just it's just well, it's a prime example of how a guy, a bad guy with a gun, right, is going to stop shooting when a good guy with a gun engages him and stops the threat, eliminates the threat, and when people in the state of California can't carry that. I mean, dang, we can't even carry our pepper blasters Mm -hmm. in California. You know, I mean, your options are so limited as to what what you're going to do in that situation that these laws, again, aren't doing anything to prevent it from happening, but they're keeping these people like defenseless sheep. Right. And it's so sad. Yeah, exactly. And And I don't know if, I don't think, and I know that I've I think maybe only the people in the uh, gun community probably call call this out or, or talk about it a little bit more when we see these kinds of shootings or or criminals with access to firearms is asking like the the questions. Well, how did he get that firearm? Because I know, for instance, in DC right. a couple of weeks ago, there was a shooting on a metro platform. Um, but I know that I'm not allowed to carry a firearm on a metro. So how did this person get his firearm on the metro? Right. Was it registered? Obviously, he was carrying it illegally. So it just goes to show you is it doesn't matter. Right. It, it never matters. I mean, the people that want to do an illegal act, they're going to do it. You know, they don't care about whatever laws are on the books. They don't care about anything that's there to stop them from accomplishing what they want to accomplish. They're going to accomplish it no matter what. And, you know, if you were in California and you decided to say, well, I guess I'm going to just do it anyways. Well, guess what? The laws have now turned law-abiding citizens into criminals that want to defend and protect themselves. Right. And, you know, there is a group, I'm, I'm thankful, California has a very active gun lobby group that is very up on the state laws and what's going on. And they have been able to find a judge in San Diego County who overturned or put a a halt on the high uh, capacity uh, Mm. AR magazines, right? And they're they're doing that same thing with the ammo ban or the ammo registration, you know. Um, And so we'll see where that goes. More than likely, it'll get appealed and it'll get taken up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which we all know (laughs) that is probably going to uphold whatever California does. Well, it's becoming... I think widespread because I know that also is it um, Las Vegas is also seeing a lot more heavier restrictions that are trying to get passed in terms of firearms. I know a lot of people, you know, some of our friends who live out there, I've seen them talking about it on social media a little bit, just, you know, it's they're depending on who's getting um, elected into the, the, seats of these states, those they're making decisions that are negatively impacting and our rights. And I think it's important that people make sure they understand and know what's going on, like in their state and county, and just stay on top of what, you know, those tiny little laws and bills that they're trying to pass are doing, because you've got to look into like the fine print to see, because I know some of those, some of those, they seem fine from a high level, but once you get down into the nitty gritty, you start seeing that there are certain things in there that are like, oh, no, 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 I don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, ladies, you know, it's just important to stay safe out there. We say this all the time. Uh, you know, there, it, 
criminals don't need a purpose. They don't need a reason. They don't need anything. They don't need a certain time of day to commit a crime. So be as prepared and vigilant as you possibly can when, when you're out and about. Just keep your eyes open. I know this was very eye-opening for me. There's sometimes when we go out, it's a lot easier to drop your guard because mm-hmm. you feel like, hey, this is a family, especially at a garlic festival. Who shoots up a right. garlic festival? And there, I think they said it gets visited by over 100,000 people a year. So it's a yeah. huge festival, family-friendly. So I think there's sometimes that we tend to maybe drop our guard just a little bit because we think who would do that. Right. But it, it just goes to show, and it's a good reminder that we really can't drop our guard. Not yeah, that we, we need always- to be paranoid all the time, but we, we need to be situationally aware and vigilant and just mindful of who's around us, what's going on around us, where your exit points are, where, you know. I mean, those are just like a few little things that you can just kind of ask yourself when you're going somewhere just to make yourself just that much more prepared. And I know, I mean, I've caught myself, of course, many times when, when I'm out that all of a sudden, like five minutes will go by and I'll realize that I will just have not like I'm present in like what I'm doing like with my friends or or whatever, but then I'll realize that I really had no idea what was happening just in general, like around me, except for like in that little bubble of hanging out with, with my friends for that five minutes. And then it, kind of freaks me out a little bit because I'm like, oh crap, like in that five minutes, anything could have happened. And Mm -hmm. right. We, we shouldn't be living. We don't want people living in paranoia. It's not about that, but yes, we all need to be able to live our lives and have a good time with our friends, but we just need to be a little bit more just cautious and aware and try to sort of not be so frivolous to what is happening around us, but it's easy to do. And, and it's sad that events like this kind of have to make you do that little bit of a gut check and say, Oh crap, what do yep. I got now? But yeah. it's the only, I mean, it's the only way. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Um, but before we go and catch us up real quick on what's going on on SMT, what you have, you had a great video just come out for those uh, yes, who have not I, got to see it yet. I did. I've had actually been busy this summer. Um, I just did a, uh, I did my summer style guide for concealed carry that did, I have 10 outfits that's got you covered with all your summer concealed carry style guide needs, tips, outfits, all that stuff. And then of course, my favorite, the Mothership Nordstrom's has their yearly anniversary sales. So <laughs> I used that time to get a few things and, and prep for fall. So I did find a few items that I, I really liked that you'll definitely be seeing me wear a lot this fall that I also did a smaller style guide video for just kind of walking through what I bought and how I wear them for concealed carry. So those are up on stylemetactical.com or on my YouTube channel. So go check that out. I would love that. And let me know if, of course, if there's anything you guys want to see. I'm yeah, absolutely. More content. The content on stomitactical.com has been a little bit slow just because we have been so <laughs> busy traveling, but I'm feeling ready to, you know, every time I get back from these things, I always feel just like that extra rejuvenated, like push of motivation that I'm like, okay, I'm ready to like crush this. Hit it hard. <laughs> Hit it hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love your style of guy videos. Um, we do. We've got a lot going on this fall. Um, let's see. We're, we're gearing up uh, to launch 
a lot of new products uh, here in a few weeks, and I will get to tell all of you about it, and I cannot wait. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, I'll be making an announcement on some new things that we're going to be doing to bring more people into this world of carrying, especially while you're working out, whether it's a firearm, whether it's a taser, whether it's mace, whether it's just your phone. Um, you know, so we've got a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Yeah, For those it. who didn't know this though, we also started a YouTube channel. For not your average gun girl. Well, I mean, we've had a YouTube channel, yeah. but <laughs> not really. <laughs> so we would love for you to go and subscribe to that. You're now going to be able to watch the videos on our YouTube channel, which we're very excited about. So go and give us a subscribe and a like. We would very much appreciate that. And also just real quick, I know we haven't talked about this in a while, but if you do listen to our show, we would love it if you gave us a review or left a star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, it helps iTunes out in terms of making sure that, you know, our show gets, you know, moved up in the rating so more people can see it and we can continue to bring you, you know, great content every week. Yep, absolutely. Well, we hope you guys all have a fantastic week. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. If you have any questions for either of us, you know where to find us. You can find me at Alexa Athletica or the Amy Robbins on Instagram, Facebook. Um, send us a DM. We're pretty good about getting back to you. And of course, you can find Emily at Style Me Tactical and also not your average gun girls. So we've got a lot of accounts if you can go and follow. <laughs> but any of those, send us your stories, send us your questions. We love to answer any of the things that you have um, coming down the pipeline. So we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. The Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.